You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Acts chapter 15, write that down. So you, Acts chapter 16, so you have a reference. You need to read this story. You know, let's just read it right now. Acts chapter 16, verse 24. Acts chapter 16, verse 24. Going to read to 34. Acts chapter 16, here we go. Starting in verse 24. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stock. So they're in jail. Right in the inner prison, like I mean, deep in there, and they, so they, they're there and they're being held there. They're, they're, they're not going anywhere. Verse twenty-five. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, <laughs> and the prisoners were listening to them. Twenty-six. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors, come on, immediately I declare every chain broken over your life in the name of Jesus. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains, come on, everyone's chains were loosened. Everyone's chains. So your praise, come on, can see your family members' chains loosened. Come on, you praise for your children. Come on, you praise for your husband. You praise for your wife. You can see the chains loosened over them. Come on, amen. You're praising just for you. You're praising for your family, those around you. Praise God. Verse 27, and the keeper of the prison awakened from the sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners have fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself because, you know, he knew that if he, if he was the one on guard and they, they, they escaped, he was dead anyway. Verse 28, but Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Verse 29, then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Verse 32, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were who were stripes, who were in jail, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Verse 34, now when he had brought them into his house, he set, foot, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God, all his household. So you see here, when you're under attack, it's a crucial, crucial, crucial intersection. Are you going to stay there and allow the enemy to bombard you, or are you going to react biblically and start to see not just yourself get freed, but your family members get freed? Come on, there's a lot hinging here. There's a lot of things going on here. It's not just you. It's not just you. Your husband's watching. Come on, your children are watching. Your family's watching. The breakthroughs that your families are going to experience starts with you. Come on, they need an example. They need to see the power of God working in someone's life. They need to see the mighty hand of God working in your life. Come on, so let, let's, let's, start, let's start praying and, 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 and praising God when, when we get attacked. Not for the attack, but, but to know that he's the deliverer. Yeah. To know that he, he is well able to, 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 to break these chains off of my life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not denying suffering. I know we go through things. The word of faith, what we preach isn't everything is great and nothing will happen. Yeah, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. Come on, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter like the noonday sun. That's our portion. That's what it is. Amen. 
Praise God. So, man, that, that, that's really not what I was going to talk about, but I think it was important to mention some of this. Go to Psalms 1 real quick. Might as well just keep going. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man. Say, I'm blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Come on, his delight. Your delight, my delight is in the word of God. Come on, I delight in the things of God. I delight in the anointing. I delight, come on, reading my word. I, I delight, come on, learning about God and the Holy Ghost. I, that's my delight. Not hanging out with the sinners, not doing crazy stuff. I delight in God. And look, 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 what, look what it says here, verse 3. He shall be like a tree. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth, come on, its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Come on, those that delight themselves in the word, those that delight themselves in the things of God, they bear fruit in every season. Things work for them. Come on, they prosper in whatever they shall do. They don't wither. They don't get stale. They don't, come on, they, they don't shrivel up and die. They prosper, move forward. They are refreshed. Amen. Come on, that is your portion. But, but you got to delight yourself in the things of God. Delight yourself in the things of God. Well, man, I'm learning, Pastor. Good. Keep going. Just keep moving. You don't have to be an expert. Just keep learning. Keep reading. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep showing up here. Come on. As you keep showing up here, hunger for the things of God will increase. The fire for, for God, the, the want to will increase. You can't do it by sheer will. You can't. I've tried to will myself off of drugs, will myself off of alcohol, will myself off of all kind of stuff. Didn't work. Not one time did it work. It may work for a week, but it didn't work for long. I needed the power of God. I needed his anointing. I needed strength from, from on high, right? And so I had to give myself to him and allow him to, to, to change my want to, come on, to change my, what I desired on the inside. Well, he's faithful to do that for you. Where you no longer desire to get high, where you no longer desire to drink, where you no longer desire to fornicate, you no longer desire to do these things. It's not what I do anymore. It's not who I am. It's not where I'm going. Come on, I'm designed for greatness. I'm designed for big things. It's not part of who I am. Come on, amen. Come on, man. I, my leaves don't wither. I bear fruit in every season. I prosper. Why? Because I delight in the things of God. Man, praise God. Write that down. I'm telling you, write this down. Don't let this just be something you get excited about here. Read this tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day until it becomes so real on the inside that it becomes part of your identity because it is. It's truly who you are. You delight in the things of God. You're a child of God. Not some religious. No, no. You have a relationship with God. And I'm talking about religion. A relationship with God that, that's growing in intimacy with him. You're, you're, you're learning. You're growing. All of these things will come. Right? So just put one foot in front of the other. So write that down. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. And write that other scripture I mentioned. Uh, the other passage. Acts chapter 16, verse 24 to 34. It'll show you how to get victory. It'll show you who you are. Praise God. All right, real quick, let's get into a little recap. Pastor Sarah talked last week about receiving from the prophet's ministry. Excellent, excellent word last week. Excellent word. Excellent. If you weren't here, listen to it. I'm telling you. Get in the habit, and even if you're here, get in the habit of re-watching the message. I'm telling you, you you'll, you, it, it'll, it'll exponentially grow you. Come on, you again, 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 you'll catch things, right, that you didn't catch the first time. It'll help in your growth. How many of you want to grow quickly? 
Re-listening is like pouring miracle grow on. Huh? It's like pouring miracle grow on yourself. You ever hit miracle grow with the plants? You know, you want your stuff to go for you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, man. Same thing. You listen to it again, listen to it again, right? And so she taught on the prophet's ministry. I, I want to just highlight some of the things she said. Not much. Uh, it was so good. I really like how she emphasized in the New Testament we're not to be led by prophecy. You remember that? She talked about how in the New Testament prophecy is not something that we're to be led by. Prophecy in the New Testament encourages, confirms, edifies, but does not lead. In the Old Testament, yes, they did not have the Holy Ghost on the inside. In the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside who leads and guides us. So I've seen people move because of prophetic instruction. The prophet comes, and I see you move into Idaho. Oh, guess we're going to Idaho. But you had no witness on the inside about Idaho, had no clue, had no idea, but because the prophet said, you go. And that, that'll cause major problems in your life. Be careful, because on YouTube, everybody's a prophet now. Everybody's a prophet now. I'm, I'm, uh, Lisette changed my title to Prophet Joe Spence as well. I'm going to just join the club. <laughs> Everybody's a prophet now. Be careful with that. Be careful. And, and, you know, a prophet isn't something that you just start out. It's something that you develop into. It's like an apostle. Those are offices that you mature, that you grow into. You don't just come out of Bible school and call yourself an apostle, call yourself a prophet. There needs to be fruit that, 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 that show these things consistently over time, right? It's not just a one-time thing. So prophetic instruction is important. We believe in the prophetic. We believe in prophetic utterance. But it has to confirm what's on the inside already. And if, if, if somebody gives a prophetic word to you and, and, it, and it maybe wasn't something you thought about, it may, may be worth, especially if you trust that person, to pray about it. And Lord, is this something that's from you? And then that's something different. But be careful being led by prophetic instruction. And the other thing I want to add to that is in the New Testament, we're not to be led by fleeces. In the Old Testament, Gideon laid a fleece. Well, what's a fleece? Well, Lord, if it's you, send three red cars across my path today. I saw three red cars. It's a sign. No, no, that's not how the enemy can do that. The enemy can arrange it for you. I know it's God because I asked him to give me a sign today, and he, he gave, no, no, you got to be very careful when it comes to fleeces. Very, very careful. That's not how we're led in the New Testament. You have the inward voice, the still small voice. Right? A knowing on the inside. You can hear the voice of God. And I'm not talking about the audible voice of God. He, he does speak that way, but very, 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 very fine out amount of times. I've never heard the audible voice of God. The number one way is through the inward witness on the inside. A knowing on the inside. You just know, right? After taking time to ask and to hear, you know on the inside that this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm not supposed to do. This is where I'm supposed to go. This is who I'm supposed to marry. And it's always accompanied by peace. A knowing is always accompanied by peace. So you got to be careful. you got to be careful because if you're not sure, it's a good time to, to fast and pray, to crucify the flesh. And so this way your capacity to hear increases. Because you don't want to be led by opportunity. You don't want to be led by, by money. You don't want to be led by school district. You don't want to be led by anything else, by a neighborhood. Or you don't want to be led by anything other than the Holy Ghost. Right? You want to learn how to hear from him. I see too many people led by opportunity. Oh, I'm going to get an opportunity. Yeah, they're going to they're help me. And they're gonna, well, does the Lord want you there? Or do you, in your mind, uh, uh, want yourself there? You've got to be very careful with these kind of things. They have, the, they have the potential to derail you, and it will cost you years. Years off of your life. Years. You're climbing up the ladder. Oh, I'm climbing. Then get to the time. Like, oh, I'm on the wrong building. <laughs> right? Because you didn't pay attention, and you didn't take time to hear from, the, from headquarters. You didn't take time to inquire of the Lord. 
And so, you know, uh, when Pastor Mark comes, he, he's going to, a lot of times, he'll, uh, the prophetic unction will flow. A lot of times, the laying on of hands will be followed by a prophetic, by a prophetic, by a prophetic utterance, right? The laying on of hands will come, and a word will come. And so you have to be uh, spiritually mature enough to, to, to be able to, to eat the hay and spit out the sticks, right? You need to be smart as an old cow, right? An old cow eats the hay and, chews and spits out the sticks. Same thing. Right? If you've if you got a prophetic utterance and you're somewhere in a meeting and somebody gives something, half of it may be okay and the other half may not be. So you need to be you know, spiritually in tune knowing what is for you and what is not. Because prophets just like, are susceptible just like anybody else, and they can add to, and they can take away some things. So you have to be very careful. But let me just tell you something. We will not allow fanaticism or even uh, to, to stop us from, 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 uh, from uh, endorsing prophetic utterance, or we will not allow uh, people who are so formal right, and, and, and so rigid to, to also influence us. We're going to continue to believe in it and to see it operate in our midst. We're not going on either side of the ditch. We're going to stay right down the middle. Right down the middle, right? Uh, you know, you've heard it said, uh, I prefer wildfire than no fire, <laughs> right? In these kind of things. When it comes to the move of the Spirit, sometimes things can get a little crazy. But I'd rather do a little correction than throw out the whole thing. Some people just, well, we don't do that anymore because sister so-and-so started prophesying, caused a lot of problems. Well, correct it. Deal with it. Doesn't mean you shut it all down, right? And so that'll never happen here. That will not happen here. And thank God we have people here who flow in the prophetic. Pastor Debbie flows in the prophetic, right? Changed my life multiple times. And it's only two or three times where the word has come through her. Man, changed my life. Changed my life. The, the, the encouragement, the edification, the, whatever it was it, was, it was meaningful right on time from the Lord, and I needed it badly. And so you want that in a place. You want that in the church. When Pastor Debbie comes or somebody comes that we trust, that lays hands on you and brings a prophetic word, listen to it. Listen to it. Right? Let it bear witness. All right. So um, the other thing I want to talk to you about is, and I've said this quite often, with Pastor Mark coming, and this is good in general, anytime the preaching of the word, right, is happening, uh, utterance is greatly dependent on the hearer. Utterance, meaning the flow, what comes out of my mouth, is greatly dependent on the hearer, right? Uh, I heard Keith Moore talking uh, about how he had a word for a church. The whole time he was there, he was there for a week, he could not release the word. You would say, well, why don't you just say it? What do you mean you could? No, he, he, it would not, God would not allow it for it to flow because they were not ready. They were not listening. It was for them, but, but they, they were not in a place where they could receive that word. So he was not able to bring that forth. You don't ever want that to be you. You want to be ready, yielding, open to receive, pulling on the anointing, excited about the things of God, hungry for the things of God so that the anointing can flow freely and unhindered. Uh, well, what, uh, show me some scripture. Okay, yeah, well, the Bible says that, uh, when, you know, don't cast your pearls before the swine. Don't give what is holy to the dogs. Don't, and he's not calling us dogs per se, but he's, we're not going to get precious revelation if we don't value it. We're not going to get a flow, a flow from heaven if we don't value it. We need to value the move of the Holy Ghost. We need to value Come on, the preaching of the word. We need to value the anointing. And, and so, you know, there's a couple of ways you do that, right? And one of the ways is by paying attention. Sitting there, paying attention, engaging, and pulling out from the preacher. There's some of you in here, right, that are pulling on me right now. Some of you are looking at me like, huh? And some of you are pulling on me, right? The more people pull, the easier the flow is. The easier the flow is. 
And so I've been places where it's like I'm preaching and it's going off the wall, bouncing right back. Going, and it's difficult. And, and that's why a lot of the preachers, when they go and visit a church, they stay for a week. Not because they have nothing else to do. It's because the first three to four days, they're breaking through things. Right? They're working through things. So that the last two days, that flow is just right there. It's right there. That doesn't just happen. In the church, it's a little bit different because you're familiar with me, and this is your home church, and we're comfortable here. But we must never take our foot off the gas. Don't just come and say, well, I'm just coming to church, checking the box. No, no, I'm here. I'm here to receive. I, I, want, I want the heavenly flow tonight. Come on. I, want to, I want to receive from, the, from God tonight. And so when we have a guest minister, it's our job to pull, leave him empty. Come on. He better leave on E because we, we, we took everything God had for us. Everything. One word from heaven changed our whole lives. One utterance, one instruction, one correction, one nudge change everything. Change everything. And we got to be open. We got to be ready to receive. Hearts open, ears open, yielding for these things to flow. Praise God. We're going to see mighty things, mighty things in this place. I can't wait for Pastor Mark. Next Sunday, he'll be preaching here. Praise God. I'm so excited. What an honor. What a privilege. What an honor to have him here ministering in this house. And so it's going to be a phenomenal time. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 6. Let's go into a little new territory here. Hebrews chapter 6. I want to talk to you about uh, the laying on of hands, one of the um, foundational doctrines of the church, right? We have uh, repentance from dead works, faith in God, uh, doctrine of baptisms, right? Then the laying on of hands. Uh, then resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. Six foundational, fundamental truths, right, uh, that, that are uh, absolutely important. And so, you know, I, I know the laying on of hands isn't something is, that's taught on that much. It's done in a lot of Pentecostal churches, but understanding the laying on of hands or the transmission of God's power isn't taught on very much. And so I, I felt like, you know, it would be good that we go over this uh, in preparation for Pastor Mark and also in preparation uh, and just, just understanding because we lay hands on people here as well. And so for you to maximize, right, the benefits of it, you need to have understanding, you need to know what's going on. You need to understand what's happening. And this is by no means an exhaustive teaching on the laying on of hands. I, I have, you know, a half hour or so to do this. Uh, this could be a series, no problem, right? And maybe one day it will be. But this is just some of the things that I felt uh, that, 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 you know, maybe the most important, maybe not the most important, but just what I felt in my spirit to relay. How about that? So Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Uh, so let us stop going over the basic teachings of Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds faith in God you don't need further instructions about baptism laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment so the laying on of hands is what we're going to focus on the definition of laying on of hands in the context of what I'm talking about is an act in which one person places his hands upon another person for a spiritual purpose. Right? I'm going to say that again. Is an act in which one person places his hands upon another person for a spiritual purpose. The laying on of hands is a foundational doctrine in the church. It's extremely important. Laying on of hands or transmitting God's power and authority is the thing, listen to this, that brings continuity in the body of Christ. It brings continuity between a senior and a junior minister. 
it brings continuity between one generation and the next. So the essential function of the laying on of hands is to provide continuity in the body of Christ. I can trace my spiritual lineage. And so one generation to the next, things have to be passed down. Spiritual gifts have to be passed down. Authority has to be passed down. So the laying on of hands ensures continuity in the body of Christ. You know, there are some people, and just for an example, I don't necessarily believe in it, but they, you know, they say Peter was the first pope, and they have continuity by the laying on of one pope after the next, after the next, and after the next. You know, they're using this principle, which is accurate for something that is not accurate. Paul was, uh, uh, Peter was not the first pope, right? But, but they're using it as something that is showing continuity. Like Pastor Mark, Hands were laid upon him by Brother Hagen, and then you can go back to Smith Wigglesworth, Lester Summerall, all. You can trace the spiritual lineage and things that have been deposited into one minister and it goes on to the next minister. We should not be starting from scratch every generation. We should not be starting from scratch. That's why it's vital that we lay hands on, on people and impart spiritual gifts and impart authority and impart uh, different things. Uh, it's vital. We must not lose this practice. That's why COVID is, was, was crazy. We can't lay hands on people. Absolutely not. The, one of the ordinances of the church is laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. And, and so I, we're not listening to that. I'm so sorry. Right? Well, we can't touch. No, no. We have to be able to do that. It is essential. It is crucial for that to happen. Right? So there are several reasons for the laying on of hands outlined in Scripture. Like I said, this is not an exhaustive list, but here are some of uh, the primary purposes. Number one, the releasing of healing. Number one, release of healing. We should have, yep, number one, release of healing. One of the primary ways that Jesus healed the sick was to lay hands on them. The power of the Holy Spirit moved in their bodies as he touched them, and they were healed. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 40. It describes the laying on of hands and the healing ministry of Jesus. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And what? He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Right? So laying on of hands is one of the ordained ways to heal the sick. Matthew 16, 18 says that believers what, will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So how many believers we have in here? Come on, right? We have, there's a room full of believers. And so uh, we have the ability to lay hands on people, on those that are sick, and see them recover. It's a powerful thing. Laying hands on someone, right? And we know in James, the Bible says that uh, if any are sick among you, to what? Call for the elders of the church, right? That they may anoint you with oil, right? And pray the prayer of faith, lay hands on you, and you shall be healed. And your sins shall be forgiven of you. So, uh, you know, th th these things are, are, are very important. It's one of the ways that uh, God heals is through the laying on of hands. Not the only way, but, 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 you know, God heals in different ways. But laying on of hands is a very significant way and one of the primary ways that, that, that God heals. Number two, to commission into service. So the laying on of hands, we're talking about several uh, reasons for the laying on of hands outlined in Scripture. Number two, to commission into service, or in other words, to ordain or to give authority or to give wisdom, right? So 
you're going to see some of this next week. We're going to ordain a couple here in this church next week. Uh, and then we're also going to lay hands on pastors that are already pastors in this church, but coming up under the umbrella of this church uh, because it used to be under another organization. Uh, and so you're going to see that. You're going to witness that. When we were ordained, uh, uh, let me just read the, the description and I'll, I'll finish up. Laying on of hands is used to commission people into ministry and other callings. Acts chapter 13 records Paul and Barnabas being released into their apostolic ministry. Verse 3 says this, Acts 13, 3 says, Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So up until this point, Paul and Barnabas were functioning as teachers in the church at Antioch. But after this event, after hands were laid upon them, right, they were referred to what? As apostles. So they were put into that office. So the laying on of hands is a sign of commissioning and sending. It's a way of setting people into positions of ministry in the church. Now, don't misunderstanding. This is not an appointment. God appoints. Come on, man recognizes, right? So God appoints people into the different offices. He gave gifts unto men. But, but men lay hands on and recognize that gifting on their lives and commission them into that office. So God appoints, man commissions, right? Man, uh, God appoints, man lays hands, recognizes that, um, that, that, that calling. So my wife and I were called to pastor. Pastor Mark Hankins recognized that call that God had placed on our lives, laid hands on us, commissioned us as pastors in the body of Christ, gave us ordination papers saying that we have recognized the call of God on their lives and, they, and we, we released them as pastors recognizing the call of God. And so it's very important that you understand that man does not call. A lot of, a lot of you know, organizations, there's voting that goes on. We're going to vote this pastor to be a pastor or that pastor to be a pastor. Well, uh, voting is not biblical. <laughs> there's a kingdom. There's rank and there's order in the kingdom. There's a king who appoints. Just like in any nation that has a king, the king makes the decisions. And he, he appoints who he wants. He doesn't say, well, who do you guys want? No, that's a democracy. And thank God that we live in a democracy, but the kingdom of God is not a democracy. Right? And so God is the one who appoints people into different positions. Right? Not man. Well, I can't vote you in. If I want you to be a pastor, there's no other pastors I can go to and say, well, we're going to vote you to be a pastor. No. If, if, if God didn't appoint you as that, we can't do anything about it. We can't vote you into anything, into anything. You, you see what I'm saying? So we got to be careful with that. we got to be very careful with that. So let's look at some biblical examples. We see in Numbers 27. Go ahead and go to Numbers 27, chapter, uh, verse, uh, chapter 27, verse 18 and 20. This is uh, Moses coming, uh, well, Moses came near to the end of his earthly ministry here in this passage, and he asked the Lord to appoint a new leader over Israel who should be ready to take his place. So Numbers 27, 18, verse, uh, excuse me, Numbers 27, verse 18 to 20 says this, And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation, and inaugurate him in their sight. And you shall receive some, and you shall give some of your authority to him. That all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. So we see in Numbers 27, 22, Moses carrying out this commandment. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. Verse 23 says, and he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. 
So you'll see after he did that, after the laying on of hands, it produced tremendous results in the life of, in the life of Joshua. Go to Deuteronomy 34, 9. I'll give you a moment. Deuteronomy 34, 9. I'm going to recap real quick. So Moses is coming to the end of his life. He asked God to appoint a new leader to be ready. So God says, choose Joshua. He lays hands on Joshua, gives him authority, right, to, 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 to take the job on. And we're going to see Deuteronomy 34, 9, what happened. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses has laid, had laid hands on him. So wisdom can be transferred. Thank God. Somebody say, thank God for that. <laughs> thank God for that. Some of you need that. <laughs> now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. So, you know, if Moses didn't lay hands on Joshua, how I mean, know his life would have been different. It's significant. So the laying on of hands has the potential to change your life. An impartation, a release of authority, of wisdom, of blessing has the potential to change your life. That's why when Pastor Mark comes, this isn't something that we take lightly. This is, a, this is someone who's been, who's experienced. This is someone who, who, has, who has had fruit in his ministry. This is someone who's been tested, right, who, 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 who's, been, who's received impartation himself from senior ministers and now is a senior minister in the body of Christ coming to release spiritual blessing upon us, coming to impart wisdom into us. Right? I've, had my, I've had hands laid upon me multiple times by Pastor Mark, multiple times, and it's been significant every time. And we record it, especially if he gives a word, and he's given multiple words. One I've, I can remember, he laid hands on me, he said, the preaching and teaching, your preaching and teaching go to another level. People will say, man, I recognize the anointing on your life, Pastor Joe, and I see that your teaching has gone to another level. And it wasn't long before I was walking out of the bathroom in the old building, and, and, and somebody says, somebody says, Pastor Joe, your teaching has gone to another level. And I said, pray. Praise God. That, that came from the laying on of hands and, and the prophetic unction over my life. And what do I do? I say, all right, well, Lord, yeah, I guess if it happens, it happens. No, I receive that word as hands. And then what you do before hands are laid upon you, you get ready. Say, before hands are laid upon me, I receive. I receive the anointing. When hands are laid upon me, I receive everything that is being transferred to me. I receive it, especially if you know that minister and you're confident in that minister, right, and, and, and it's ordained of God. You don't want just anybody laying hands on you. I remember here we had a situation where it was a family feast after service, and we had some people here that we didn't know wanting to walk around and lay hands on people and pray for people. Right? How many know that's not okay? If you went to a hospital, right, for surgery, and you showed up there, and the surgeon who's getting ready to operate, uh, the hospital says, we don't know that guy. He just showed up here, and he says he's a surgeon. And what would you say? You say, well, no, no, I want somebody you know, and somebody who's recognized here, and somebody who's been tested, some, somebody you understand and know. You don't want some guy who just claims he's a surgeon. He may be, but you don't know who he is. Why would you allow somebody in the spirit to lay hands on you that you have no idea who he is, where he comes from, who he's connected to, where his license is from? You, why, why, why? Exactly. So when I said, hey, guys, do you mind not doing that? Oh, you quenching the Holy Spirit. How dare you tell us to stop? Well, first of all, you're out of order. <laughs> you are out of order and being disrespectful, right? That's not how that works. The laying on of hands works under the structure of authority. If I go to Joyce Meyer's conference here in, in, in Hershey, imagine I just start laying hands on people. Well, you're sick. I lay hands on you. That's out of order. Well, I'm a believer. I can lay hands. Well, I'm under authority in this place. I'm not the authority figure here. I'm not out in public. I'm in somebody's meeting here. 
right? And they have the authority. If they give me permission, that's another thing. That's a whole other animal. So we got to be careful. And the other thing that, man, drives me up the wall, let me tell you. People at Joyce Meyer's ministry or Pastor Mark's meeting come up to Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark, I'm going to pray for you. Who do you think you are? You got some cojones. What? Are you serious? What a buffoon. What a buffoon to think that you're going to go, especially. Here's, and listen, listen. If Pastor Mark says, hey, my back's hurting. Hey, can you pray for my back? Whole different game. But let me tell you something. Don't ever lay your hands on somebody's head, a senior minister's head. A senior minister, somebody who's senior in the ministry, don't ever lay your hands on their head. That's a whole nother game. The laying on of hands on the head can only happen from a senior minister to a lesser minister or, or to a senior person in the body of Christ to, to, to someone lower rank in the body of Christ. It's out of order for me to lay hands on Pastor Mark's head. Pastor Mark, let me, let me just lay hands on you, Pastor Mark. That is out of order. The Bible says the lesser is blessed by the greater. Very important. Very important stuff. You're a buffoon if you think you can walk up to Pastor Mark next week and lay your hands on his head to impart your wisdom. A buffoon with no awareness of what's happening. That's not going to be this house. That's not going to be you. You have out of order doing that. And so, you know, we got to be careful with these things. You know, and, and so, you know, and even in general, like when people come to this church, they will ask me, Pastor, are you okay if I lay hands on your people? They're asking for the authority to do it. And they may be senior ministers than me. They're senior. You know, most of the people we bring here are senior to me. Uh, I'm lower on the totem pole. But because I'm the pastor of this house, right, uh, I have seniority in this house. But, and so they come here and they submit to that and they ask permission. That's humility. And that's when things work and that's when things flow. But you got people just wanting to lay hands on everybody and everything, right? And so that's not it either. We're, we're to be careful. And, and, and we're, the Bible says not to lay hands on people hastily, right? We're not just to lay hands on people. And we're not just to allow anybody to lay hands on us. They need to be proven. Because blessing isn't the only thing that can be imparted. Lust can be imparted. I said lust can be imparted. Come on. Depression can be imparted. Different spirits can be imparted. Especially if you're yielding and you're open and you and you okay yeah you, you lay hands on me you know uh, that man you you're, you can you can mess yourself up that way. Now if you're in the world and you shake somebody's hand, that's not what I'm talking about because you're not open in that moment. You're not yielding to that. You're you're not allowing that to you know it's it's something different when you yield. That's why that's why I told you when Pastor Mark comes, it's important to open yourself up to receive because you have a major part to play in that, right? And if you're spiritually strong, if somebody touches you in the world, man, nothing, that stuff can't come into you. That stuff can't come into you unless you're open up, unless you open up and allow it to. And so don't be that person that, want, that, 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 that lays hands on people all the time and think you could just go into somebody's meeting. And, and people get offended at that kind of stuff when they get told to stop doing it, right? Uh, you know, I know people have left the church here uh, because they asked them to stop doing something. Uh, and so your job is not to lay hands on people around here. Now, if somebody asks you to, fine, I guess, but, but you got to be careful even in that. you got to be careful. Only when somebody asks you to. You don't just go around and lay hands on you. You, you. you put people in weird positions, and, and, and that's not okay. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think you understand what I'm saying, right? I, th I think you gather what I'm saying. All right, let's move on. Uh, number three, to impart the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about. Several reasons for the laying on of hands outlined in Scripture. 
Number three, to impart the power of the Holy Spirit. The laying on of hands is a means of bringing people into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is also a way that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are imparted. Acts chapter 8, 17 says, then they, lay ha- then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. The apostles laid hands on the new believers in Samaria and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, verse 6 says, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So uh, in scripture, most of the time when people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it came through the laying on of hands. There are two spontaneous outpourings that occurred, and that happens. That's, uh, yeah, it, it's valid. But most of the time, it's through the laying on of hands, right? And you'll see here, when we pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we lay hands on them, right? Uh, and, and, and we pray with them to receive that gift. And that gift of praying in tongues is available to every believer. It's different then the gift of tongues where, 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 where we're talking about uh, uh, tongues and interpretation. That's different. Tongues and interpretation and praying in tongues are two separate things. Just, I thought I'd take a moment to, to just touch on that because I, I, I've heard some confusion on that as of late. One, and you'll see it in operation. I can almost guarantee it when Pastor Mark comes. Pastor Mark, excuse me, Pastor Trina will, will speak in tongues and Pastor Mark will bring the... the, the, the um, I was going to say translation, the interpretation. So Pastor Trina, and Pastor Mark will say, thus saith the Lord, and he'll bring, he'll bring the interpretation. That's different. That's not, not everybody has that ability. But everybody who wants it has the ability to pray in tongues. Right? So two separate things. Do you hear what I'm saying? So don't let, because, you know, we, we put out a short, a uh, YouTube short talking about this, and somebody posted that scripture we're talking about. Tongues and interpretation, because I said tongues is for everybody, so he posts, no, it's not, but, but he was referring to tongues and interpretation. So that's totally different. So you, to transmit, to impart the power of the Holy Spirit is another reason. All right, number four, to transmit spiritual gifts. So laying on of hands is used to transmit spiritual gifts. Before we do that, before I show you some examples, it's necessary to establish that there is a scriptural authority for a believer imparting spiritual gifts to others. Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Give you a moment. Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. 1, 11 and 12. For I long to see you, Paul speaking, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. So one reason Paul wanted to visit the Christians in Rome was to impart spiritual gifts. He said, so that you may be established. In other words, the imparting of spiritual gifts to a Christian is one scriptural way of establishing or strengthening them in their faith or spiritual experience. So when Pastor Mark comes and lays hands on us, this is one way God has ordained for us to be strengthened. Come on, some of you need spiritual strength. We all need it. We all need to get strengthened on the inside. Right? Paul said, I, I want to come to you so I can impart spiritual gifts so that you may be strengthened. Come on. So I believe, come on, next week, we're going to be strengthened. But we're going to be strengthened on, in our inner man. Why is that so important? The Bible says that a strong spirit will sustain a man in times of trouble. 
Man. So if you're not being sustained, it means that your strength isn't there, right? That you're weak. And so when there's an opportunity for Pastor Mark to say, I'm going to lay hands on you, or any other time where the minister is trusted, that's a good opportunity for you to stand up and go get strengthened. Right? I'm ready to get strengthened. Praise God. I want to be established and strengthened through the laying on of hands. Let's look at some examples of this. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Paul tells Timothy, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid hands on you. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received. So you see here that spiritual gifts can be received, right, through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. So you see prophecy and laying on of hands together there. It's very common, like I mentioned to you before. We see Paul also apparently imparted a spiritual gift to Timothy through the laying on of hands in 2 Timothy 1.6. 2 Timothy 1.6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Spiritual gift through the laying on of hands. Next week, get ready to receive some spiritual gifts. Come on, next week, get ready to receive some spiritual gifts, praise God, from a senior minister. This is significant. Uh, and, you know, I, I, can't, I can't emphasize it enough. Uh, you're, a senior minister is coming to our church. Uh, you know, in, in the world, you have, a, you have a military and you have generals and, you, and then you have other ranks and, and so on and so forth. Pastor Mark, although a general is not an office in the body of Christ, would be considered a general. You want, to, you want me to put it in layman's terms? A general, right? It's incredible. He's coming here to lay hands on us. Praise God. Significant. Significant. Just like Joshua's life was changed because hands were laid upon him, your life is getting ready to change. Come on. When hands are laid upon you in the name of Jesus. Come on. Praise God. It's significant. Joshua's life was changed significantly. So will yours. So will yours. Look at Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 18. Because I guarantee you there's going to be some prophetic instruction, prophetic utterance over your life when he comes. And even, you know, through us. And it's powerful. So Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. In other words... May they help you fight the fight of faith. Prophetic instruction, prophetic utterance, prophetic encouragement is meant to help you fight the good fight of faith. To latch on to that prophetic instruction. Regardless of what you see, feel, or hear. And, and stay right there and, and keep your eyes on that prophetic instruction. And you just keep walking towards it. You just keep saying it, keep playing it, keep recalling it, right? And that thing will come to pass. Amen. It's, it's meant to help you steady the ship. That's why, uh, I told you this before, uh, most of the prophetic words that I've gotten in the last couple of years, I have, I have uh, you know, taken the, the, the video. Uh, if I couldn't, I'd just taken the audio, and I put it into a folder. And I have multiple ones in there. And I'll go back every so often and listen to them and play them, right, and, and recall them and, and, and allow them, them to stir me up and allow them to help me fight this fight of faith. The fight of faith is just hanging on to what you believe uh, uh, regardless of what it looks like, right? 
I have faith that God is doing X, Y, and Z based upon his word. Even though it doesn't look like it, I'm going to stick with the word. I'm going to stick with it. That's the fight. Believe in God, regardless of what's happening. You know, sometimes it can be a little difficult, especially if you're worn down. That's why it's important. Paul said, here are my instructions for you, Timothy. Recall those prophetic instructions. Recall the prophetic utterance spoken over your life, that it may help you fight in the Lord's battle. That it may help you fight the fight of faith. That's for us today. That's for us today. That's why we've endeavored in this church. When people come here, or when, we, when I speak a word over here, I'll actually say, hey, cut that and send it to them. Cut that and send it to them so that they have it. And I hope that you're valuing that. Because everything is recorded here, whether it's live stream or not. We record, even on Monday prayer, it may not be live stream sometimes or whatever. It's being recorded in case there's an utterance or a flow that's happening that needs to be captured to help you fight the fight. <laughs> Amen. Because it's just powerful stuff. This, 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 this is how you fight in the kingdom. This is what you need to lay hold of to win in the kingdom. You're called to win. You're on the victory side. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from a position of victory. But you got to fight, though. You have, I don't like to fight, Pastor. I'm a lover. <laughs> you got to fight. You got to fight. You got to fight. Your life depends on it. You have to fight. I believe God. Say, I believe God. The Bible says it. Say that. Say, the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. That needs to be your motto, your mantra. The Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Take it to the bank. Yeah, but it don't look like, I don't care what it looks like, I walk by faith. Doesn't matter what it looks like, I walk by faith. The stronger, the more time you give to this, the stronger your faith in the word will be. The more time you give to this, right? The more time you give to this. Those that delight themselves in the Lord, their leaves shall not wither. They shall bear fruit in every season. Come on, praise God. Everything they do shall prosper. Those that delight themselves in the Lord, that's, that's a key component there. Those that delight themselves in the Lord. And we know that the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee. Amen. Some of you are resisting, but ain't nothing happening because you haven't done the first part, which is submitting. Amen. Pastor, I can't overcome this temptation. I'm trying, I'm trying. But you have not submitted your life to God. You're doing things in your own way. Yeah, you may be doing through the motions, and you may be on, from the outside looking in. Maybe it look like a, you're doing all the, what you're supposed to be doing, but you really have not submitted your life to God. You have not submitted yourself to him and what he wants to do in your life. You want to do what you want to do in your life, what you have the right to do. But don't expect the results. Don't expect the results. Well, I just fell again. I keep messing up. I can't seem to get it right. You have not submitted your life to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Not he might flee. It's possible he might go. He has to go. He has to go. Has to. There's no if, hands, or buts. Oh, my life is submitted. I'm resisting, doing what I know to do. He has to go. He cannot take you out when you, when you prescribe to this. It's impossible. Impossible. Praise God. Impossible. All right. All right. Uh, well, I gave you that scripture before in regards to praying for a senior minister 
uh, a senior minister, uh, praying for a senior minister is out of order. Laying your hands on a senior minister's head is out of order, right? And just so you have the reference, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7, the lesser is blessed by the greater, right? The lesser is blessed by the greater. I got ahead of myself, but that was what I was going to get into, but I already said everything that's here. But I want to make sure you have that scripture because it's important that you understand that. You know, I think people mean well in some regard, but some people just are oblivious. And some people are also prideful, like, oh, I can lay hands on anybody. There's nobody great. We're all the same. We're not all the same. I'm sorry. We're not all the same. God loves everybody the same, but there's rank in the body of Christ. There is rank in the body of Christ. People don't like to hear that, but people are not all the same. Man, you didn't like that one, did you? <laughs> We're not. We're not. There's rank and structure. The general never saluted me. I had to salute the general. Imagine me going to the general. Why didn't you salute me? We're the same man because he's put time into this. He's, he's been given his life to this. He's climbed the ranks. He's, he's done what he was supposed to do, and he's been promoted as such, right? We're not all the same. You can't, you, one person has given their lives to this, growing and developing. God's promoting them, right? They have seniority in the body of Christ. There's a structure to all of this. That's why a church, there's a, there's a governing body in the, in, in the church at large, right? There's a pastor that, that's over the church, apostolic leadership over, there's a whole, we're going we're gonna to do that. We're going to go over that one day, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, uh, church government. We're going to go over that one day. And I studied that. Before we launched the church, didn't I get my hands on everything I could get my hands on when it came to authority in the body of Christ, church structure, what does it look like, what is, what is the biblical way of doing this, what does the Bible have to say about this, right, and so it's important that we understand this, you know why military people do well in the kingdom, because they understand rank and structure, people who've been in the military understand, a lot of times people who've played sports, they understand, you know, authority and that kind of thing, it helps them, if you understand authority in the kingdom, you do well, you do really well, you understand that how it works, right? Have people gotten goofy with this? Sure. Has it gotten overboard in some places? Absolutely. But like I said, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Just because somebody has gotten off on something, that doesn't mean you stop applying the principles that, that, that the Bible talks about because somebody has gotten a little extreme in that area. Amen? All right, so last thing we're going to do, I'm going to remind you what to do before hands are laid upon you. Like the woman with the issue of blood, just when I get that touch, come on, I'm going to receive, come on, everything that God has for me, right? So a place of expectancy, a place of yielding when you're in that line. Don't just be looking around watching people get hands laid upon. You, you get yourself ready. You get yourself, I'm, 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 I'm yielding, Lord. Whatever it is that you're imparting into me through this man, I receive it. I thank you that I'm being strengthened. I thank you, Father, that gifts are being imparted. Wisdom is being imparted, right? When, as soon as hands are laid upon, I receive. I, re I always say that, I receive. I receive the anointing. I receive the anointing. And you'll see, you will be who lays hands on you. You will be who lays hands on you. 
That's the bottom line. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future is the kind of, is, is what I'm talking about here. So who you hang around with in the body of Christ, right? Who, who you associate with in the body of Christ, that's why who we're connected to is so important. Pastor Mark is our, I don't just run around to every place. There's a lot of good places. God has a place where we're to be connected, and that's where the flow is. That's where, that's where the things that, that I need are. That's where impartation is, right? And, and when I go to these places, and hands are laid upon me. I come back with a supply that I need to get the job done. And if I don't go, I'll malnourish. I now no longer have what I, what I needed for the job because I didn't show up where I was supposed to be. That ties into a whole other thing. If you're supposed to be here next week, don't sleep in. You'll miss some things that God has for you. You'll miss it. It's very important. This is significant. Look how it changed Joshua's life. Look how it changed Timothy's life, the laying on of hands. It'll change your life significantly. Significantly. Amen? Did you get something out of that today? Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Joe. And before you go, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong local church. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.